Welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano from Feliciano Financial Group. In this podcast, brothers and certified financial planner professionals, Jose and Jeff, explain that money is just a tool to achieve the things you want in life, a tool to make the decision to live life on purpose. They draw from years of experience to demonstrate that when your money aligns with your goals, you can live a purposeful life. Because when your vision is clear, your decision is easy. Hello and welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Jose, how are you today? I'm fantastic. How about you? I'm doing just great. You know, this this is, again, we're well into 2022. So far, so good. <laughs> Jeff, how are you doing? Hey, life is good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. Uh, I'm excited because today is a very positive topic, uh, good financial habits to have. And this actually is going to pair with your next podcast recording, which is, uh, you know, bad financial habits to avoid. I'm assuming we want to avoid those. So why today? Why good financial habits? And and how do we tie this all in? Good financial habits are important, uh, especially when you're Uh, working through and navigating market volatility uh, because it's tough. So much of financial decisions that we make are so emotional. Uh, And when the markets are bouncing all over the place, sometimes we lose track of those sound financial decisions that we have to make in order to, you know, better take care of ourselves and our families and the people that we care about. And I think it's more of a uh, an understanding. Uh, the better you understand what steps to take, the better you understand uh, how volatile the markets can and and sometimes are, uh, the better decisions you make. And market volatility is really just the rate in which the market goes up and down. And big shifts can be scary. And sometimes we make bad decisions. But if we're very deliberate in what we're trying to accomplish and the steps that we take, then uh, we can come out on the other side and, and make very, very good financial decisions. Yeah, I, I think that people, when they think of volatility, they think of bad things, right? But volatility also includes, like you said, it's the downs and the ups of the market. So, Jose, where do we start with, with making sure we're having good financial habits? Well, you know, the thing is, is that when you're in a situation where income is going up and it's becoming harder to save, tax laws continue to change, investments look riskier than ever. Um, and so, and when they read about the cost of a college education or comfortable retirement, the numbers look bigger than the national debt. Hmm. So sometimes people, no action is action, as we always say. Uh, having a game plan is so important. I mean, what are we saving for? When you think about retirement, that means different things to different people. You got to think about what are you going to need during retirement? Uh, when do you plan to retire? What do you expect the inflation rate to be from now, between now and retirement? So having a game plan is so important, and everybody's in different situations, and there's never two plans that are alike. So we always emphasize what's the game plan, and sometimes you may not think out, but putting it on any goals that you have in writing, uh, and you know exactly what you want, then there's different game plans for different situations. So I'll give you an example. You may be uh, saving for a college education for your children. Well, you don't want to mix that into your retirement plan. Uh, and you don't want to mix that into your emergency fund. Those are three different game plans. And so if you have goals of buying a house, if you have goals of uh, whatever the goals are, but you have it, you have its own autonomy, I would say its own silo and a game plan that uh, you really, uh, if you try to mix it all up, it's where common mistakes are. They always say when your visions are clear, your decisions are easy. So put it on paper on, on your why 
and then we'll figure out the, how to get there. Yeah, let's, so let's break that down a little bit more because you, you've talked about plans many, many times, and now we're talking about volatility. So, Jeff, how do we you know, think about that volatility, think about what we want to do with that plan? What's the first step? Yeah, so you know, it's funny. Um, our parents are deaf mutes. They don't speak. They don't hear. And one of the traditions that we have as a family is holidays. Well, it's uh, pretty common. We may put a big 500-piece puzzle on the table. And uh, just over the course of two or three or four days, we just, when you get a little idle time or you get a little bored, you just go over there and kind of start putting some pieces together. And it's just kind of what we do. Even to the extent that my mom is one of the people that glues the back of it and she'll frame it out and has a couple of of, uh, puzzled pictures. Uh, But my point in that is, uh, I forget where we were, Jose and I and a guy made an analogy, but he said, if you ever put together a 500-piece puzzle, if you really think about it, uh, what would you say the most important piece of the puzzle is? Most people will say, well, I mean, it's the first piece because you got to get it started. Or they'll say, well, it's the last piece uh, because that's what ties it all together. Or you know what? It's the corner pieces. So that way you're able to frame it in. And I'll never forget, this guy holds up the actual box and goes, no, the most important piece to this whole puzzle is the picture on the box. And if you think about it, how true is that? I mean, it gives you something to build. It's just like building a house. Uh, you start with what's the plan? What's the picture? What do you want your life to look like? What are you trying to accomplish? And then all those individual pieces, whether it's taxes or investments or mutual funds or wills, trust, insurance policies, all of those are just pieces to a much bigger puzzle. So until you think through, all right, call time out. Life can be extremely busy, but what do we want our life to look like? What do we want that picture on the box to be? And once you start there, then it's easier to tie everything together, uh, figure out, all right, where are we at now? All right, what steps do we need to take in order to build a plan uh, that gets us closer to the picture that we want on our box or our life? Because what it does, it just takes, uh, you know, it just saves time. It takes, saves energy, uh, saves effort. You can match the colors up and things of that nature. But what it does, it just gives us something a little more concrete uh, to uh, work towards. And it takes the emotions out uh, because we've got a deliberate plan in place. And let me just give you an example of questions that we often ask and everybody's different as far as their game plan. Things are more or less complicated. Does the client plan to move to a larger home in the future? Uh, do they plan to pay a cost of a college education for one or more of their children or their grandchildren? If so, what kind of school will they attend? Uh, what investment alternatives are they most comfortable with or which ones would they prefer to avoid? People have their past experiences. Do they want to leave a substantial estate to their heirs or, or consume their assets during their retirement years? I keep emphasizing there's no two plans that are alike, but once you get that out and you get it laid out and with, with periodic reviews, you, you, you can really monitor the situation and, and, and steer the ship a whole lot easier because you know exactly where you're going. All right, plan. We got that. We, we, it's, it's, I love the puzzle analogy because, again, if you, if you don't have that picture that you're following, if you don't know all the pieces that are put in place, and, and Jose, to your point, everybody's individualized. But one thing across the board is nobody likes his volatility. We don't like it. It doesn't feel good. It hurts my gut. I get heartburn, all those things, right? So what what do we need to take into consideration there, Jeff? Uh, risk tolerance is, is very important, but it, it also is not in a vacuum. Part of and why we spend so much time talking through the planning process is we have to identify certain goals, objectives, purpose of money, 
um, and then determine, uh, based on what we're saving for, uh, how much risk or volatility are we comfortable with in order to optimize whatever, the investments that we do have uh, to get the most growth that we can. And at the end of the day, whether we're saving for something short term or kids college or something long term in retirement, or maybe we're in retirement, all those different things require its own plan, uh, its own investment strategy. And because at the end of the day, uh, that's what you're doing, right? Is we're, we're substituting some form or accepting some form of volatility in exchange for better long-term growth. Uh, so risk tolerance is, is very important, and we have to think that through um, and then build appropriate investments around how much of that fluctuation that we're comfortable with. Um, so it's easier when you break them apart than it is just thinking, all right, everything has to be in stocks or not. Yeah, and, and Jeff, uh, to, to your point, we have to be comfortable with what we're doing. I mean, that, that's, that, that's what tolerance really means to me. Uh, but. I never know. You never know what the paper or the, the, the news feed is going to tell you about the stock market going up or the stock market going down. How do you know when the best time to invest is? You know, so uh, it, one, it goes back to what you're saving for, how much time we got, because uh, most people think, God, if I'm investing money. That means I have to put everything in stocks and you don't. I mean, there's all kinds of other things, uh, whether it's uh, mutual funds, all different kinds of stocks, real estate, uh, bonds, convertible bonds, uh, CDs, annuities. Uh, there's so many different investments that I think most of the time people just look at the stock market and they see how big it can swing. But uh, depending on what we're saving for, there's a mixture that people are comfortable or should be uh, um, thinking through. Uh, maybe if their time frame is long enough, then sure, maybe a portfolio should be a little heavier in equities or stocks. Maybe it should be 70, 80, 90 percent. Uh, but if our time frame is shorter or we just don't, we're not comfortable with the big swings of the stock market, then maybe our stock or equity allocation should only be 20, 30, 40, 50%. So uh, in that regard, it's, it's different depending on what we're saving for, but you've got to match those two up. Um, as far as time goes, um, it's really more time than it is timing. If we're going to save money or need money in the next year or two, maybe it doesn't need to be anywhere near the stock market. Uh, because if the stock market drops 10, 20 percent, one, we've got to be comfortable with that. But then number two, we've got to give it enough time to work its way through the economic cycles. Um, uh, so it just depends on what we're saving for, what we're trying to accomplish. But you have to um, uh, build portfolios according to how much time you have. And, and, and I've heard you guys say this before, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. But investing is almost like a muscle that you have to exercise. You've, you've got to. Uh, understand it. You've got to exercise that muscle. And sometimes I don't like exercise all the time. It's, it's uncomfortable sometimes. So Jose, when it comes to investing, um, what kind of, what kind of exercise should you, what they find, find, I guess the consistency is so important. So if you're under 65 and you're currently working and a company is matching some of your 401k or half of your 401k, 50% contribution up to six, 6%, whatever the case may be, you want to take advantage of that match. And what, what we all find is that if we do things and make decisions a little at a time, meaning just do a monthly 
uh, it, just invest monthly out of your paycheck and take advantage of that opportunity. That's not that hard of a decision. That's something you really want to take advantage of. But what's great about dollar cost averaging, you've got that consistency. So if the market's doing really bad, then great. You got it's like going to a Foley's Red Apple sale. It's you're buying stuff on sale. If the market's doing great, then you're happy. Everything's going up in your whole portfolio. But consistency is the key to everything. And once you have your game plan, and that's why we had to emphasize on having a plan at first, then it's pretty uh, you know, systematic that you can just pay yourself every month. And hell, everybody's trying to get you to spend money. And, and I believe that if you get, find out what's important to you, you end up paying yourself first, then you can reach any goal that you want. So doing things systematically and consistent, I think, is, is so important when you when it comes to invest regularly. Because whether it's your kid's college, if your IRAs, your retirement, uh, whatever, buying a house, if you do it consistently into from a checking to a savings account or checking to a brokerage account, whatever the case may be, it's, it's amazing how you end up spending what's left. Well, I, I know that as, as an investor, I, I've got some money that – I want to put here. I've got the regular retirement accounts, but I've got a little extra money and I, I want to always look for an opportunity. I mean, if I can get ahead, I think everybody wants that. Um, but there's all these things out there. There's Bitcoin and cryptocurrency of this kind. And I mean, there's all these different things. How do you know how to look for the right opportunities, Jeff? That's a, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, it kind of goes against the grain um, or it should, uh, because we're all emotional. Uh, most people make decisions based on two emotions, fear and greed. Uh, we get really scared when things aren't doing good or things are down and we want to take money out. We want to go buried in the backyard somewhere. Then vice versa, we get uh, we see things uh, just go skyrocket up and we 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 get greedy. And what we want to do is we want to take more and more money and we want to invest in those things that are just that are that are going up. And Buffett's got a good quote. He says uh, he's got two of them. He says, uh, all the, the markets are is they're just relocation centers. All they do is relocate wealth from the inpatient to the patient. And, and if you think about it, uh, that philosophy of buy low, sell high, it goes against human. No one wants to catch a falling knife. Uh, but when things are down 5, 10, 15, 20 percent, uh, then maybe those things are on sale relative to things that are up 10, 20, 30 percent. So if you're if you believe in that and you almost have to believe, I mean, we're talking about the stock market. Well, so whatever portion that we have in equities, right? But if you believe, you have to believe to a certain extent in capitalism, that companies will always figure out a way to make money. So through any economic cycle, good or bad, companies, publicly traded companies, they don't, they don't have any feelings. You know, they'll make adjustments, they'll cut workforce, they'll invest in technology, they'll do what they need to do. Uh, because at the end of the day, what drives that stock price? It's, it's earnings and profits. So if you believe that, then over time, good, solid companies and the stock markets uh, should um, do well, uh, but winners do rotate. Uh, there's different uh, sectors of the market that go in and out of favor. So if you look at your portfolio once a quarter or how often you do, but recommended at least once a quarter, it's a good idea to take a look and say, all right, what asset classes are up? All right, what asset classes are down? What's going on in the world and with tax policy? And does it make sense for me to sell a little bit of things that are up and buy a little bit more things that are down and just have a constant uh, rebalancing strategy where you're able to take advantage of 
those opportunities. So take a look at the NASDAQ right now. I mean, it's down 13% for the year, um, but most of it's down 15, 20% off the highs back in November. Is that, is that an opportunity? Uh, do you think technology is is here to stay and at some point will uh, turn its way around. If so, then it makes sense to move a little bit of percentages of the overall portfolio and maybe uh, uh, make the adjustments there. Yeah, I don't think anybody's looking forward to going back to hammer and chisel. You know? <laughs> I certainly, my handwriting's bad with a pencil. I can't imagine what I have to do with a chisel. Um, Jose, Jeff touched on diversifying a little bit earlier. I kind of like to get your thoughts on that as well. Well, I think diversity is a key. If you look at 2000, 2010, the U.S. was flat for 10 years, and the international markets did well. And now you've got the U.S. that did real well. And we've, what, 10, 11 years now? And the international was flat. So we all have a tendency to, to look at our portfolios and see one sector uh, did really well and one didn't do as well. And we have a tendency to jump from the one that didn't do well to the one that did well. And that's uh, against the science of investing. I think we keep talking about rebalancing portfolios and being diversified. And what do we mean by diversification? We mean you've got these large companies like Walmart and Exxon and Chevron, and they've been around for years, and they're paying dividends and, and growth, but they're large cap stocks. Then you've got your large value, and then you've got your mid companies that are wanting to be large companies, and then you've got your small companies that has tremendous growth opportunities that are expanding across the United States and around the world. And then you've got your bonds, and you've got your you've got all these different sectors and diversification. What we're trying to say is not put all your eggs in one basket and one or two or ten companies, but be well diversified between all across different asset classes, uh, because something we guarantee you something will be up and something will be down, and that'll happen every year. And I think rebalancing a portfolio and 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 what what's the two things that we really that really hurts us most is fear and greed. And uh, we just don't want to be in a point where we're, when times are good, we're throwing all our money in. And and when times are not good, we're taking all our money out. But those are the opportunities that we're talking about. So no, that's a great point, Jose. Let me, let me, for the audience, uh, diversification is, is, is kind of multifaceted. Uh, yeah, yes, we want to hold the more eggs, the better. Um, but also, if you think about where do people really get hurt, if you go back to 08, 09, you know, 2001, 2002, you know, the, the 80s or in the 70s, at the end of the day, uh, where people really get hurt is when we're too concentrated. Uh, it could be too concentrated in one stock or just a handful of stocks. Uh, it could be too concentrated in a certain sector. We saw it with real estate. We saw it with technology back in the day. We saw it with um, oil and gas and energy. Uh, so w when you think of diversification, there's kind of two levels of it. One is, all right, let's not invest in all stocks. Uh, let's have some stocks, some bonds, some real estate, uh, some money markets, some CDs, some things that are safe. And from an asset class standpoint, there's one. You know, number two, uh, instead of investing in just one stock, maybe we should use mutual funds as an alternative to where we have professional money managers like Vanguard or Fidelity, and, and they're helping us diversify into hundreds and hundreds of stocks. 
um, instead of investing in just the energy sector, maybe we diversify it and make sure that we do take a look at our portfolios to see, all right, are we concentrated if, if we are, where, what areas of the market, and in what sectors are we too concentrated in, and just make sure there's enough balance between all of those. Um, because people, when they don't pay attention – they can get too heavy. And, whoa, I didn't realize I'm 40% of my whole portfolio in technology and communication. I had no idea. I have 10 different mutual funds, and half of them are index funds, and I had no idea I was that heavy in just those one or two sectors. So it is important to break those portfolios down, see what's under the hood, see what those holdings are, and just make sure we're allocated um, not too, too heavy in equities, uh, across the various asset classes, but do take a look at sectors and and things of that nature. One of the things that both of you have mentioned on this podcast so far and on previous podcasts as well is, is trying to take the emotion out of investing, right? And I think that's really, 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 really difficult for the majority of the audience because you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think having an accountability partner is a key piece of this as far as good financial habits. I could tell you from my point of view that I like to exercise three days a week, but I can't do it by myself. And I like to have a trainer and I have other people to work with. And I need that feedback and somebody to hold me accountable. And I think we all need it in some way. It doesn't matter if it's your business profession um, a life coach or anything like that, but somebody to hold you accountable that there are going to be times that you're scared. There's going to be times that you're very confident. And I think that uh, having an extra set of eyes, um, understanding where you're trying to go and uh, trying to steer you exactly where you want to go uh, is so important. And I think the other part is I've got some of my best friends are in the same industry that I'm in. And sometimes we get too caught up emotionally uh, in our own decisions, our own biases, um, and, and having someone or a third party help create a plan, the reality is, is one, we're not experts at everything as, as consumers. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different uh, things that we don't see and creating a plan to stick to creating a plan and working with someone uh, is very important because it does give us that objectiveness that we need in order to make better decisions and allows for things that we don't see those blind spots um, um, uh, for us to avoid. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I, I've learned so much from you guys. And one of the things that I've heard just as a theme over this entire series of podcasts is that being able to just know, going back to the very first thing you guys talked about, the plan, right? If I know that I have a plan and I know that I have an expert that's, you know, that is able to kind of talk me off the ledge when the, you know, I see the market going crazy and I can make that phone call or email, hey, uh, how are we doing? And then the, the response is, we've got a plan. Okay. I feel a whole lot better, <laughs> right? Because I think where, where most people fall down is they just don't see that clear plan. They just don't know. Okay. So if, if the market does this, how is my plan going to be able to pivot? And that's the conversation that you guys have with your clients all the time, right? And so this is this is old hat to you, if, the, if, that, if I can phrase it that way. Um, does that about sum it up? Is that about right? I, I just want to emphasize it's so important to involve you and it's your plan, but also involving your spouse, too, because if something did happen to you, you know, your spouse is in a twilight zone. So involving your whole family involved in the plan is really pretty inspiring. And uh, I know it is for me and my family. So... Uh, but no doubt. And let me let me add to I've seen uh, numerous situations and actually uh, I've got an appointment this afternoon with a lady that lost her husband. And I can't stress how important it is to 
you know, it's not uncommon that uh, you have families that whether the man or the woman um, takes care of all the finances. And we've seen too many situations to where something happens to uh, the person that's in charge of the finances and then the spouse is just completely lost. Uh, so even though even if you do do things yourself, we think it's important to interview two or three financial advisors, uh, share your thoughts and your process and your feelings and and uh, find someone you can trust. Uh, so that way you can make sure your philosophies are on the same you're on the same page and and you believe you have the same belief system and the same approach and find someone you're comfortable with so that way when your time is 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 done or something happens to you that you know your your wife you've done your due diligence and your wife and your kids and the people that you care about uh they have someone to work with that uh you know believes in the same things that you do well, gentlemen, I know that there are people listening to this podcast that maybe they don't have a plan or maybe they are working with somebody, but they're just not sure what their plan truly looks like. And they have some concerns. I know that you guys do this all the time or you'll you'll take a look at somebody's you know situation and say, hey, well, you know what, you're, you're pretty set up well or, or no, there's some improvements that can be made. If someone's interested in having that conversation with you, what is the best way to reach you? So they can uh, call us at the office at 903-533-8585, or they can visit our website at www.felicianofinancial.com. All right. Jeff, Jose, thank you so much for your time today. Enjoyed it very much. My pleasure. All right. And our last thank you, of course, goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life on Purpose podcast with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And remember, the next podcast is going to tell you about the bad financial habits you really want to avoid. So please stay tuned for that one for sure. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Feliciano Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live life on purpose. Thank you for listening to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Feliciano Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Lion Street Financial, LLC, LSF, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Lion Street Advisors, LLC. Investing involves risk and possible loss. Diversification is no guarantee of profit and does not protect against loss in declining markets. Dollar cost averaging may help reduce per share cost through continuous investment in securities regardless of fluctuating prices and does not guarantee profitability nor can it protect from loss in a declining market.